I'm sure you are also wondering what this is about, but we'll get to that. Patience, patience, patience. Oh, it's marvelous to look out on all of you. It truly is. I feel like I've been wandering and traveling uh, for most of the last two months. And um, part of it is emotional, part of it is physical, and I'm sure many of you have experienced that as well. I'm in a little bit of a different position, though, in that my friends for many years, and maybe some of you are, are, are like this, for many years my friends have always sort of called me the wanderer. They've referred to me because I've had a lot of jobs and I've traveled a lot and they, they have, <laughs> there was a point, oh my gosh, it's actually kind of funny. This, the, so this week, many of you will have noticed that the staff got new email addresses that correspond to the first letter of our name, our last name, and then at firstparishcambridge.org. Thank you, Carol, because this is going to make our work a lot easier and more fluid. We'll be able to use the G Suite. Yes. But it was officially my 12th email address. <laughs> but it lets me, you know, get rid of some of the other ones. But it used to be that I had all these phone numbers. Like, all over. I had, like, cell phone after cell phone after cell phone. And my friends were like, we never know what number to use for you. We never know what now email address to use for you. And so for me to be coming back to the same place where I stood a year ago, for the first time in front of this congregation, um, the, the beginning of the, the, the new church year, um, it's actually quite a powerful thing. Um, and I, I feel like it is part of where my motivation came uh, in terms of wanting to embrace this idea of travelers and looking at that from all different sides and exploring what it means to be a traveler in this world, in this life. Also, and for, this is for today, what it means to come home. Coming home could be such a loaded expression, I think, for many different people, for many different reasons. I think we all experience home very, very differently. Some of us may be traveling because of choice, Therefore, we leave our homes because of choice. Some of us may be away from a home, as it were, just because of our circumstances. And so I want us to hold that in this idea and this thinking about what it means to come home to this place, what it means to come home in a season, what it means to come home emotionally, spiritually, and in all the many different ways. I'll try to keep this fairly concise. I had made a commitment as well that in coming home this year, we're going to have nice, tidy, tight services. <laughs> <sighs> See how far I get with that. It's like tick, 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 tick. You're like, oh, it's 12.30, Adam, you're still talking. <laughs> but but one, one, of the, one of the lovely parts of, of coming home for me um, this year in particular, has meant actually starting up again with some relationships that I was able to forge on behalf of this congregation out in the world. 
um, the Harvard Square Business Association. I was at a meeting with them just the other day, getting updates on how we're working together. Got a compliment that I would like to share that they say the church is looking great. So those folks, <laughs> so uh, whatever, whatever anyone has been doing, yes. I think part of that, though, is just perception as well. They see more activity. They see us more engaged in the conversation. They, they hear our voices. They, they understand that we actually do care, that we are home here. So that's pretty gratifying to, to experience that. Another relationship that I've been really cultivating is with the Cambridge Black Pastors Alliance. And that, for me, is something that feeds me. It, it, it gives me something that I haven't experienced a lot in my formation and as, as clergy in the world, a community of black pastors who come together to share what that experience is and what that means in this context. It was fascinating. I'll get to this a little bit later, but we had an extended conversation about Aretha Franklin's homegoing. Um, and, and all that that meant in the world. Another part of my coming home also involves being, um, I'm the Unitarian Universalist chaplain for Harvard as well. And so I've made a commitment to being more present in activities there. And last night I was able to actually attend the, um, the Black Students Association convocation. That's something that started just last year. Um, this was the second year. Uh, it's a, an opportunity for the black students to be all in one room and sort of say, hey, we're here, and this is meaningful still. And how beautiful was that experience, though? The Kumba singers sang. Uh, we had rap artists. I mean, it was Memorial Church huh, <laughs> has never seen anything quite like what it saw <laughs> or heard last night. Um, just bringing down the house. The most important part of yesterday, however, for me, was um, at the very beginning, uh, Professor Elizabeth Solomon, who is the Assistant Director for Academic Affairs and Fellowship Programs at the Chan School. Um, she is also an enrolled member of the Massachusetts tribe of Ponkapoag. And she started off their gathering by reminding everybody that this is land that belonged to others before Harvard, before Cambridge, before European settlers ever came here. And it inspired me. I've sent her an email. I want to be in conversation with this person, coming home to be introduced to someone like that. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you were in my home or that I was in your home. She spoke expressly about what it means to claim space, to claim space, to reclaim space as someone of Native ancestry, to claim space as someone who is African-American, to claim space as someone who is lesbian, gay, bisexual, or tra transgender, to claim space from the margins. It was a wonderful way to start last night's events. It made me think as well, what does it mean to come home spatially, economically, socially? And if you are not coming home, if you haven't traveled, what does it mean to be stationary? 
What does it mean to be mobile? How do we talk about these differences in the way we experience the world? How do we resist privileging mobility over being stationary? We had an interesting conversation this week uh, in worship about, um, about ableist language, and I, that is what comes to mind when I think of all the different ways one can be at home or feel at home or embrace their being at home. So I had an idea, and I'm going to continue this. I hope I can continue this throughout the year. Um, I will let all of our, uh, our welcome team, our wonderful welcome team, know that this is something that needs to be part of our setup every Sunday. And I'm going to reach out to my colleagues as well, Unitarian Universalist ministers, to ask us all to have a candle in the center that we light every Sunday to remind ourselves that we were not first. that this land was taken forcibly from another people. And we'll be returning to that as part of our theme of travelers as we go through this season. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. I'm not going to sing the whole song. I do not have Stephanie Mills' range or Whitney Houston's range, although I do a pretty good version of it. I want you to listen to those words, though. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. You know, The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz is an interesting little story. We're all familiar with the movie, I think. Most of us are familiar with the movie. Judy Garland, Ray Bolger, you know, Burt Lahr, and um, Jack Haley, don't want to leave him out. Margaret Hamilton from Framingham, no less. <laughs> so the movie, the movie has Dorothy get hit on the head with a window, and she gets sucked up in a tornado, and... She click, at the end of the movie, she clicks her heels three times and she wakes up. It was a dream. Not in the book, exactly. I knew someone would know that. I should have known you would know, Pepper. Not in the book, no. And the, sil the, the, the slippers aren't ruby either, they're, slip they're silver in the book. She clicks her heels and she's whisked away, fully conscious, from the land of Oz back to a field where she's running towards her Aunt M. That place, that magical place, that Oz place is real in the book. It is not a fantasy. And I want to encourage you to think about it this way. This land that we're looking for this place where there is love overflowing, a place where there are rainbows and giant lollipops and everyone laughing and singing and dancing, it's real. And it is here. And it must be real and with us in some way, shape, or form. And I'm going to try and move forward here. I want to get back to that Aretha Franklin homegoing service. 
So as we were discussing it and all the ins and outs of the, the complications of the service and the, the challenging <laughs> testimony that was shared, but also some of the wonderful, wonderful music that was shared as well, we brought our conversation back to what it meant to just be Aretha Franklin, someone who was unapologetic about her blackness, unapologetic about her background, unapologetic about her faith, unapologetic about her body, her taste, her joy in this world. She lived every single day that we got to witness, at least, as if she was home. Love overflowing. And that is what I want you to be inspired to think of when you're coming home. We must come home to ourselves before we can come home at all or receive others into our homes. It's a call to action to let go of arrogant individuality and fierce independence and embrace the humility to look at ourselves to explore ourselves, to understand ourselves as part of a larger fabric of humankind. It's an opportunity for us to not judge ourselves so harshly, to recognize our beauty, and to understand our limitations. I'm going to close out my portion of this message bringing us back to a ritual that we did last year. For me, a ritual of libations is one way that I personally come home, but I want to invite you to coming home because it gives us a chance to think about all of the different ways we are connected, the ways that you're connected to your past, your future, your present, the different ways that you can come home. So water is the stuff of life. And there are far too many in this world who don't have access to it and don't have access to clean water. Rather than bringing water from far-flung places, as many of our congregations do, we'll perform this ritual bringing ourselves bringing our whole selves, our whole selves that make mistakes, that have triumphs, that have pain, that have joy, that have laughter, that can make bubbles, that can't make bubbles. <laughs> we bring ourselves to this home. And I just want to give you a little bit of instruction here in case you don't remember from last year. The words that I'm going to offer are broad intentions, and they're meant to inspire your heart. At the end of each of the sets of words that I'll share, you're invited to affirm the intention by saying aloud the word ashe. Ashe is a Yoruba word generally defined as the power to make things happen and also refers to the spiritual life force that flows through things, much like the Chinese concept of chi. Ashe can also be used, as we will use it today, to express agreement. Saying ashe is a way of saying, so let it be. And it's used by the Orisha worshipers, that's the worshipers of the Yoruba gods, in a way that amen might be used by Christians 
following a prayer. So, everybody, let's do a practice run of that. Let the crowd say, Ashe. Very well done. And Will, if you will join us, just stand right up there. We will begin by pouring libations, asking first for blessings from all that is greater and more powerful than we are, however each of us perceive and name that power. In the presence of the power that allows us to be in this world, by the many names each of us may call it the spirit of life, God, goddess, higher power, or the unnamed human awareness of being, we say, for the directions west, north, east, south, and the sky, the earth, and for the center which dwells in each of us, we say, for fire, earth, air, water, and the life that they all combine to make us, we say, for the unbound energy of this planet to create life, its beings and all birth and nurturing that is present in our existence, we say, for bodies that are all inherently worthy, whole in their unique ways and transcendent of gender, vessels that allow us to celebrate our being through and with each other in this world, we say, Next, we will pour asking for blessings from ancestors past and yet to come. In the presence of indigenous ancestors displaced from this land and other lands, discarded by progress but not diminished in their relevance or guidance and wisdom and importance in our journey, we say, in the presence of all ancestors who came here in search of freedom, relief from persecution, holocaust, and for greater, safer life fortunes, we say, in the presence of ancestors brought here against their will, indentured or enslaved in many different ways, we say, in the presence of ancestors who died during the Middle Passage from Africa and the ongoing Ma'afa, we say, in the presence of ancestors who held power, who forged chains to keep others captive, who oppressed and reaped the benefits of these tragic actions, we say. For universal ancestors who resisted, for freedom fighters that stand for what was and is right, we say. For our personal ancestors, those who gave birth to us, nurtured us and taught us, we say. And these final blessings, for the present moment and for the future generations who hold the promise of tomorrow, those who will come to this place and those who will go from this place and carry our blessings into the world, we say. Lastly, to honor the way in which life is a circle in which every blessed life, no matter how long or short, points ultimately to death, and how every death is blessed by feeding and bringing new life again, we return to the presence of that which allows us to be in the world, our human awareness of being, spirit of life, God, goddess, higher power, we pour three final times, saying, Ashe, Ashe, 
Ashe. May everything we bring from our journeys, whether that journey be across an ocean, across a street, across a room, or across a sidewalk, be blessed by the guidance we receive from those who came before us and those who will follow. May we grow, may we live, may we complete the cycle. May it be so. <laughs>